So good morning, everyone. Are we all feeling rested? Students, are you feeling rested, ready to go back to a new term? <laughs> Parents, are you feeling rested, having had them home for a couple of weeks? Maybe not. Teachers, there's a few teachers in the room, are you feeling rested? Good. I'm seeing a couple of nods. Great. All right. Well, today we are talking about rest. I'll just see if I can get this happening. Thank you. Um, as a community, as Troy has said, we've identified... Oh, thank you. Oh, back. We're on. <laughs> as Troy said this morning, we've identified four characteristics that we are saying as followers of Jesus, we want to do these things. As a community of believers, we say yes to action. We say yes to sharing, yes to immersing, and yes to resting. I want you to imagine for a moment a group of people who regularly immerse themselves in God's word and in prayer. It helps them to be renewed and filled by God. Imagine a group of people who act with compassion, with kindness and justice and mercy in a world that is so unjust and needs those things. Imagine a group of people who share their lives generously with others and really prioritise time and community. And they're sharing the journey of life, but they're not just sharing that, but they're also sharing the things of God. These were what I would call God's best for us. These are the things that God wants us to do regularly and to value. And these are the things that we are to say yes to, both individually and as a community who follow Jesus. So last week, Steve talked about action, and that was represented by the shoes. And today we're talking about rest, which is represented by the feet. If we are to be effective in our actions, it needs to come from being energised by rest. But it's not easy to do, is it? When I told my friends and family that I was speaking about rest, you know what their response was? They laughed. I had a friend on the phone laugh for a good 30 seconds this week. It wasn't very nice, was it? But it's because they know I find it very hard to rest. I'm not a very restful person. In actual fact, David, my husband, he would say, they're under two conditions that I will rest. The first one is if you take me interstate and disconnect me from the internet and any availability of connecting to work. And the other situation is a bit unfortunate, but it's when I'm in hospital and I'm under a general anaesthetic. <laughs> so that is when I rest. You um, perhaps want to think of me this morning or liken me to the personal trainer that doesn't like exercise. So I know it's really good for me. I would encourage other people to do it. And it's good for them. 
but I'm not very good at doing it myself. I actually had a friend a couple of weeks ago say to me that she did want to find a personal trainer that was lazy. <laughs> because she said they would know exactly how I think. They would know the challenges that I face exercising. So think of me as your lazy personal trainer this morning. I've had to come up with ways to rest. I have to work at it hard, which is a little bit ironic, isn't it, really? I've had to build rhythms into my life that mean that I rest. And if you ask my family what I'm like when I don't rest, it's not very pleasant. I get impatient. I lose track of where my priorities need to be. And worst of all, I don't have time for people very much. And I miss the opportunities that God has for me to show me new things, to perhaps change me. And I think the saddest thing at all, of all of it, if I reflect on it, is that I'm not really reflecting the way that God wants me to be. I'm not really being a true reflection of him at his best. So I'm a bit of a work in progress. One of the things I'm learning is that it requires a change of mindset. So I'll give you a practical example of my, from my life at the moment. At the moment, I'm resting in the fact that we have 240 hours of being chauffeur-driven everywhere we want to go. I have twin daughters that are on their L-plates. And so we have a combined total of 240 hours of driving in all types of conditions to log into a book before they go for their driving test, hopefully at the end of the year. Now, this is where I've done a bit of a mindset change. Instead of seeing this as a humongous number of hours and why can't twins get some form of compensation or consideration, I'm choosing to see this as a restful time. So, I sit back, I relax, I enjoy the view. Granted, it wasn't that restful in the first 10 hours, but it's getting there now. They're fantastic drivers now. And I'm pleased to say we're halfway through. We're getting there. Woohoo, yes. <laughs> it was on one of these restful driving adventures that we happened upon Hotham Street, St Kilda, one Friday evening. I'm hearing some laughs. It was a Friday night, as I said, and we were driving along. And it was as if we had driven into another country, another time, another space. I'll give you a picture of what we saw. It wasn't just a couple of people. It was scores and scores of people walking along the sidewalk. And the men walked together and they had these enormous hats that you can see there. Has anyone else seen this? Yeah. It's an amazing sight. And I was actually mesmerised. Um, in, in some ways, I, I was not wanting to look because I was thinking, I don't want to stare, but it was absolutely incredible. The men also had really long black coats, and these people, of course, are Orthodox Jews, and they were walking to the synagogue 
um, on a Friday evening. The women walked in groups separate from the men and I couldn't find a picture to represent them um, more authentically, but they had white scarves over their heads and white scarves over their shoulders and then the rest, they were dressed in black with the children. And as I said, it wasn't just a couple of people, it was scores and scores of them along this stretch of road. Sadly, the other thing to note was the security guards who were along the sides of the roads there to protect them too from attack. These people have... um, It's part of their culture that they say no to things during their Sabbath time. From Friday evening, sunset, until Saturday evening, it is their Sabbath time. And so they say no to driving their cars, and hence they're walking to the synagogue. They say no to any work, no to housework, no to cooking, no to any technology. And as much as part of that I found really engaging and in a way attractive, just stepping out of life for that period of time. It also came with suggestions of rules and regulations and laws. And that is how that um, Orthodox Jews will approach their Sabbath. It is, is bound in laws. If we contrast that with our experience of life much as Lindy demonstrated so beautifully this morning, thank you, and our clip. We live in a modern society that impresses on us the need for stuff. We have TV programs that promote that we need to renovate our houses, and not just renovate, we have to do it ourselves. (laughs) We have to cook amazing meals. We wear Fitbits to make sure that we're doing enough exercise. And Apple have made sure that we can get our emails at any time of the day or night by wearing an Apple Watch. And we work in hours in jobs to be part of an economic system that is constantly threatened by instability. It's all rather stressful. There's constantly challenging demands on our life. I find it interesting that when people ask you, you know, how's your day been? It might be the customer service people that you encounter the common answer seems to be busy. Something inside me cringes as that when I give that response. I don't like giving it anymore. If you ever hear me say busy when you ask me how my art, just say, hey, you're not to do that anymore. I feel it communicates that in our busyness we're productive and therefore we're more important and we're valuable because we're busy. Interestingly, during the French Revolution the um, anti-Christian leaders, in their attempt to eliminate faith, decided to stop the seven-day week. So the regular cycle of six days work, one day rest, they tried to eliminate. What they wanted to do was break down people's faith and have every day merge into the next. There was none that was indistinguishable from the next. I don't think it's that hard for us to imagine what that's like now as the lines between work and rest merge. So what are we to do? I think God wants wants us to find a space that's a balance between the two. He doesn't want us to gain rest through rules and regulations and laws that prescribe how we are to rest. 
But I don't think he neither wants us to go on unchecked, getting busier and busier. He wants and he's always wanted his people to live in rhythms of work and rest. And how do we know this? Well, we need to look no further than the story of creation. It says in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. He had reached the pinnacle of his creation on the sixth day. He created man and woman. And from that point, he looked back, having been pleased, saying his creation is good, and he said it is time to rest. If we go on a little bit further, we see that his creation, his people of Israel, reached a time where they were bound in slavery in the country of Egypt. And he rose up amongst the people, a person called Moses. And Moses was the person to lead the Israelites out of slavery through the Red Sea and into the desert. And he spoke to Moses at that time, saying, Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. So we have the reminder from Genesis that rest is about remembering God, God the creator, God who is holy. And we have this reminder that in that six to one pattern, we are to remember that God frees us from slavery, from work, and we are to rest. We come then to Jesus. And Jesus is always about reinstating the ideal in every situation. So at Jesus' time, the Jewish people had brought the Sabbath rest to something that was bound in rules and regulations. And the religious leaders of the time, the Pharisees, constantly peppered Jesus with questions about how people were to live during the Sabbath, what was allowed, what was not allowed. And Jesus always brought it back to being about God's original intention, that the Sabbath was created for rest, to focus on God as a time of significance and redrawing, re-strengthening. And this is exactly what Jesus did. We see through the Gospels that he would withdraw from the busyness of crowds that pressed in on him all the time and found time early in the morning to be still, to be silent and to rest with his Father God, to be then re-energised for the day ahead. There are many verses in the Bible too and um, interesting, Lindy focused on one of them this morning. When we read these, they are restful, aren't they? He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. We're all going to think of New Zealand now, aren't we? (laughs) Be still and know that I am God. 
And Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lead me, lead, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So how do we do this? How do we build into our lives when we know it's so challenging at times to find rest? There are periods in life that are incredibly busy and then periods of life that allow it. People with young children find, of course, it very hard to find those times of rest. And as a community, how do we do this in a community? I'm going to make some suggestions now. Interestingly, there's a, a saying. On one hand, I'm saying don't build in rules and regulations, but this was a really interesting thought. There's a Jesuit saying that we should have a Sabbath time, one hour a day, one day a month, and one week a year. One hour a day, one day a month, and one week a year. How, how are you going on that? The first suggestion I want to make is what I would call restful recreation. So this is a time where we would turn off the phone, unplug from technology, be still and have no expectations. At NCR we've talked about mindfulness, that being a time where we consciously go into being aware of our surroundings, being conscious of how we're feeling and where God is with us at that particular moment. The key in this one, I think, is learning that doing nothing is okay. Many of us have the guilt that we need to be productive. And it's, it's hard to learn that in that time and space of doing nothing that God loves us so much just as much as when we're in a productive moment. It is hard, and it might be that we need to take some small steps. At the moment, the number one bestseller book is... Do you know what it is? It's actually an adult colouring book. And they come in lots of different varieties and themes. So they're the most intricate black and white traditional colouring books. They might be called the mindfulness colouring book. I think that's one of them that's actually the bestseller. And so it's, if you're having trouble you know, finding that being really unproductive, maybe that one's for you. That in a time of rest, you're colouring in and you're sort of meeting it in halfway measures. I am, um, at this point, I'm a teacher, and at this point I might say to my class, now I'm going to bring out the examples I've prepared beforehand, okay? So I've actually prepared beforehand three people who I've given some instructions this week to see how they'd go with rest. So I'm going to ask Bella and Ash to come up the front and talk about what they've done this week in the whole area of rest. Thank you, ladies. So, Belle, do you want to tell us what you did this week? Yeah, so Viv asked us last week, um, during the week, to take a couple of minutes out of um, our busy days 
and sort of just think about where we were, what we were doing, um, and what God might be trying to teach us through that. Yep. How did you do it, Ash? Um, so Viv gave us the idea of having like a physical reminder. So Viv gave the idea that you could have, use your phone. So before you look at your phone each time, like, yeah, take a couple of minutes and just be still. But I didn't use a phone. My physical reminder was like a car or a transport or walking. So every time I was like moving from one place to another, I took a couple of minutes and just, yeah, took some rest. Mm. So that worked for me. Mm. And Bella, how did you find what you did? Was that helpful? Um, yeah, it was good. The first couple of days, Ash and I were at the school holiday program. So that didn't really happen because, you know, you probably don't want us taking a couple of minutes off from watching your children. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the few days after that, we, um, Dad and I were helping my auntie and uncle move house. And I was getting a bit annoyed because nothing was really happening. No one was, seemed to be much of a rush. Um, but it was good to just stop and realise that that's actually not what we were there for. We weren't actually there to move as much furniture as we could. Yeah. Um, we were actually just there to show them love. Yeah. Ash, how did it go for you? Um, I found it quite helpful, but I did get really distracted, so it's, I find it really hard to, like, focus. Mm. And I think being at uni, I do prefer longer periods of rest than mm. I am currently mm. have at the moment, mm. so I do prefer that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I asked the girls to do it... Oh. I don't need this one. Um, <laughs> thanks. I asked the girls to do it together so that they could sort of be a bit of an accountability to each other. So if you're thinking about trying this one out, I'd encourage you to talk to someone else and say, can you check in on me? Help me to build these times in. How am I going to do it? And check in with each other. So, ladies, thank you. Thank you for giving this a go this week. Do you want to give them a... So, restful recreation. It might be a hobby, but ideally, as I said, it's something that you do where you, you try to be non-productive for that time and not feel too guilty about it. The next one is called a spirit soak. And so, this is a little different in that you're more consciously bringing in Jesus into that, that time. It's bringing God into your everyday activities and living more contemplatively, setting yourself up for more extended times with God. This was one that I practised this week and so did Andy. So I'm going to ask Andy to come up and share how he went with this exercise. Do you want to tell us what you did this week? Okay, so my task was to... Um, um, do a prayer of the heart. Mm. So that was taking um, a word or a simple phrase um, that perhaps had meaning to me mm. um, and then using that in times that I might have had just not doing anything in particular mm. um, to, to use that as a, a repetitive prayer um, and to focus on it and use that to, to, to focus your mind on mm. spiritual stuff. Mm. And did you find that helpful? Yeah, I did. I, I actually really did. Um, so um, I found it a little bit hard to, to, mm. to um, um, pick a particular phrase because, <laughs> you know, you want to find just the right thing, don't you? Just because you're going to be really repeating it for the whole week. Mm. Um, <laughs> so so, so I, I took a couple of days to find, find a prayer, but then I sort of reflected back on some, some favourite Bible passages and I picked one of, one of those. Um, to use and yeah so 
if I had some downtime, like just travelling on the train or, um, yeah, as I said, any time that you weren't having to do something in particular, I found it really helpful to, instead of your mind just drifting off onto, you know, other stuff like mm. New Zealand, mm. um, to, to just, yeah, use that to, to focus on, uh, on what... I used it to focus on, I think, what God was trying to say to me through that mm. phrase. Fantastic, that yeah. yeah. And you're going to continue... Yes, yeah. yes. So I thought, <laughs> I spoke to you about this this yeah. morning. So what I thought for me would work, and because I, I did find it really helpful to, to focus my mind on, as I said, on all that other stuff that invades in your life, um, what I think I, I'm going to do is um, take something out of Sunday morning, mm. try and just sum up Sunday morning in a couple of words, you know, and then use that as, as a prayer to, to refocus me back. And what I found, what I said to you this morning, was that what I found was that it kind of, for me, brought the Sabbath into the week. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That is fantastic. Thank you, Andy. Give him a round of applause. So bringing in the Sabbath into the week. So the, the next suggestion I have is probably what, whoop, what I call the mini sabbatical is something that we understand a little more traditionally as... Um, a retreat time. So a couple of hours or maybe a day where you are dedicating some hours that prioritise different routines. It's completely different from everything else that you do. Now, um, there's a family in the church who do this on a Sunday afternoon as a family. What they do is they set the clock, they send the kids off to their bedrooms, they are not to engage with any technology at all, for the, the hour, sometimes it stretches a bit longer if they're all having a good time about it. And that's what the kids do. The wife, this is her time for an, a sleep on a Sunday afternoon and that's her time and space to completely rest. How good is that? Like that idea? <laughs> Husband, I'm not sure what he does, but he, he makes sure that everyone else does it. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that. I like that. There again, it, it's something that might work for some families at particular stages and not others, but it, it's a thought that I thought was really well worth sharing. Um, we have opportunities at NCR to, to do mini sabbaticals. There are soak evenings where you can come along and be guided that Ali runs and others to have some time with God. There's also retreat days, and I participated in one of those in February where I had a day just um, with a little bit of direction, but I could take the day however I wanted it to be. And it was in Lindy's garden, which was really fantastic. I work in a school where the organisation recognises for us as staff, it's good for us to have a pray day. And so all of our staff at the school can have a day where they have a pray day. And last year, my pray day was to drive up into the Dandenongs and it was a beautiful spring day and I went around different parks and gardens just walking around and that, that was heaven, that was a bit of heaven for me and it was very restorative to my soul. People have different types of pray days and they all look very different and it's fascinating to see how people use that time. But it's a time where we really are saying no to work and consciously setting aside time. And it does need to be put into the diary, I think, and planned for. The last one is... Whoops, I keep going the wrong way. The radical sabbatical. 
Now, this might sound a little bit scary. A radical sabbatical is um, something that I would suggest goes for a week. Now, it could be a family holiday, right, that, where you totally disconnect from work. Um, it could be a time that you spend with others. And I had a radical sabbatical last year. Six of us, and that's my walking boots there, having walked 100 kilometres across Tasmania. We did the overland track. And yes, I was with other people, but there was good amounts of time where I was, we were walking single file, and I had a lot of time to really just stop and reflect. I wasn't stopping so much. There was some pretty hard hills and mountains, and I had a pack on my back, but the sheer simplicity of living out of a pack and living with just those things with good friends was the most restorative thing that I could have done at that time. Because unexpectedly after that, I faced probably the most stressful, busy five months after that. And I felt and I know that that time energised me and enabled me to get through that period of time so much more calmly and considered and rested. I'm so grateful for it. So I am an advocate for the radical sabbatical. I'm planning another one in November, another walking trip, and I will continue to plan for those in my life because I see the value of it. Now, walking with a, a pack may not be the thing that you want to do, but I would challenge you this morning to think about something that takes you out of your regular routine for a dedicated period of time. Um, I liked that Andy talked about the fact that bringing in a sabbatical into the week prepared him for something more on the weekend. And so perhaps I'm suggesting today that bringing in smaller steps may prepare you then better for the bigger steps that would be even more refreshing. Changes in routine can be hard to make. I don't underestimate the busyness, the stress, the individual circumstances that each of you have in your own lives. And as I've said, I found it really hard for myself. So I'm conscious of that. Perhaps for you, this whole difficulty in prioritising rest is a security issue. Do I really trust, with all the demands that I have on my plate, that if I take time out, I'm going to get that list of things to do done? So your prayer this morning might be, help me to see that my life is in your hands and I can trust in the time you've given me, Lord. That might be your prayer. We're going to have the band um, play a song and these are the things that I challenge you to think about this morning. It might be a vision issue. What should I do? Give me the eyes to see that rest is part of God's desire for me so I can connect more meaningfully for others. If we don't understand the purpose of it or can't fully capture it, it's a little bit more hard to implement. Is it a motivation issue? I mean, crazy as it sounds, we all like rest, but it can be hard to do. Teach me that everything ultimately is yours, God, including my time and how I can prioritise it. 
And finally, is it a faith issue that might be stopping you from resting? You know that you need to do it. You know the benefits of it. But you just can't put it into action. So your prayer this morning might be in this next time of reflection, show me how to make changes that reflect the life that Jesus wants me to to live. As we as a community say yes to times of rest, we open up the possibility of change. And as a community, I think we offer a beacon of light and hope and difference in a world that's it's not restful. It brings about change that is really good for our souls. It brings about change that's good for our family and for our friends and the people around us. And most of all, it's a change that is good for showing those around us the great God that we love and who we know and we show who he really is.